Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. Lucy Kippist here. I'm the editor of Flying Solo and the host of this podcast where we peek inside the everyday lives of our inspiring small business community. Have you heard about Clubhouse yet? The latest social media offering, and my question is, is it here to steal our time and wreak havoc on our productivity, or is it worth some investigating? Joining us today to discuss all of this and a bit more is Queen of SEO, Kate Toon, who has basically done a lot of the hard work for us by creating a guide to your first seven days on Clubhouse. And Kate's joining me today to discuss the pros and the cons. Kate, welcome back to Flying Solo. Oh, it's lovely to be here again. Yes, I, I think now I want to be the queen of Clubhouse, if that's okay. Okay, I'll, I'll edit that bit out and change it for you. <laughs> no, um, but I'm super excited about the platform, so I can't wait to give you some top tips today. Well, that's brilliant, because when I saw your post about creating the guide, I have to admit to being a little bit more curious, because I my reaction um was, oh no, another thing to get my head around. So I I want you to talk me into it essentially, but let's start off by talking about what it actually is because some people might might not know. So what is it in a nutshell? Well, the first thing I want to say before I tell you what it is in a nutshell is just stop that eye roll. I can feel everybody's eyes rolling because they're thinking, oh no, it's another Snapchat, it's another TikTok, it's only for millennials. I can't be bothered to get my head around another platform. And I just want to say I have that exact same reaction. So that's normal. But once you push through that, then you're going to get to the other side. And Clubhouse is amazing. So essentially it is a new platform. It's not new to the world, but it's fairly new to Australia. So in about December, we started to hear rumblings of it. It's been around a while and it started off in the black music culture, um, but now it's opened up to you know everybody and uh, it's opening up to the rest of the world rather rapidly. It's a platform that lets you chat in real time, share stories, give business advice, but only using your voice. So it's like having a conversation in a room with lots of other people, You can download the app, but it's only Apple only at the moment. Uh, Android devices are coming in March, apparently. And you can use your phone mic. So you don't need any fancy equipment. It's only on your mobile. There's no desktop version. And it's only voice. And you're saying it's there's no video. No. How amazing. Well, I think this is good. (laughs) And I think it's come at just the right time. Like, why Mm. now for Clubhouse? Because I think... A, we're all looking for connection. Many of us are still in lockdown, you know, in Europe and in Melbourne right now as we're recording. We've been lonely and isolated for a long time, so we've missed conversations. But I think we all have Zoom fatigue and we're all, you know, we don't want to turn our cameras on, on Zoom. We're terrified of being that woman who takes the laptop to the toilet on Zoom. Do you remember that? Oh, Oh, God, yeah. It was so good. Whereas with Clubhouse, you can fully be on the toilet, which is a huge advantage to me. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus bonus number one. And it's such a good point because obviously we're all getting used to video and that's that's great. Like, thanks, COVID. You've taught us all to be more okay with that. But I so agree there's something 
um, really uh, more intimate and freeing about just using your voice. Well, we're, we're big podcast fans. Here we are on a podcast. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we've been doing podcasts for a long time. It's a much more intimate relationship. It's something that you can passively listen to when you're doing nice things. Clubhouse just takes it to the next level. So, yes, you can passively listen. You don't have to talk. We can talk through that as we go through the episode. But you can also imagine being on a podcast right now with me and Lucy and be able to go join in and give your thoughts yeah. and opinion. Well, that's Clubhouse. I've managed to speak to some amazing humans on Clubhouse that I would never have had access to in the real world. I'll tell you more about that as we go through the episode. Yes, fantastic. So before we go on, I wanted to ask as well, which you've sort of touched on, but in the context of our solo business community, why do you think this is a must-have? Well, for me, and I think for other business owners, there is that isolation factor. There is, you know, we may be connected with people on social media, but maybe you've never actually talked to them. Conferences and networking events are kind of out the window. So for me, number one, it's been connection. People who I've known online for years, I'm now able to talk to. And I'm getting a different opinion of them. Like, you know, because words are only so powerful. I'm a copywriter, but even so, I'm getting closer relationships by being able to talk to them. And from that, for me, has come so many opportunities. So I've been asked to speak on about 12 different podcasts. I've won two paid speaking gigs. I've been invited to speak at conferences. I've seen members of my copywriting community win jobs just by coming into a room, sharing their elevator pitch. Someone in the room needs that kind of copywriter. Maybe they'd have found them on Google, but even if they had, maybe they wouldn't have kind of resonated with them. But because they've heard them talk in a room with confidence about what they do, then immediately slide into their DMs and make contacts. And, you know, I can, from a service-based business point of view, people are winning work on Clubhouse. From a coaching and kind of speaker point of view, people are winning speaking gigs and opportunities on Clubhouse. How exciting is that? I mean, that's so exciting. That's awesome. So my understanding is it's by an invitation only, which my thought is at first it's confusing and sort of exclusive. Um, Is that the case? And why do you think why do you think that was that was set up that way? Because we all want to be part of something that we can't get into. It's like going to that club mm. and having to queue up outside. Somehow that club seems better because we have to queue. I can't speak neither. <laughs> but equally as well, the platform is actually being really sensible. They're throttling entry so that it doesn't fall over. It has fallen over a few times. Elon Musk came on the platform. Mark Zuckerberg, Kane West, when they came on, the service just couldn't handle it. They fell over. You know, so they can't let everybody on all at once. And again, they've also made it Apple only, but that's I don't I don't think that's necessarily to be exclusive. I think it's just more work for Android and there are a lot more Android users. So they're they're throttling it and making it's a beta model and they own that. And each time they do a new release, they are fixing little elements. It's not perfect yet, but that's also quite thrilling because you feel you're at the start of something special. I remember when Twitter started and Facebook started. Mm-hmm. And I've enjoyed watching them evolve. Facebook, not so much. Uh, but Clubhouse, it feels like you're at the grassroots of something, the ground roots, grassroots. I think that's right. Um, and it's evolving. And they are, the people who run it are really listening to, their audi- to the audience and they're taking on board feedback. And 
and there is FOMO, but I think at this point, pretty much one, someone you know will have an invite. So you just need to go onto social media and say, hey, I want to invite. Someone's going to have one. I've got four to give away at the moment if anyone wants one. <laughs> Great, because that, that was going to be my next question. Like, is it as simple as that? So that's good to know. Yeah. Now you're making me really want to go on it. <laughs> I can't believe you're not. By the end of this episode, you're going to be on it, all right? I, I think so. Okay, so then let's talk about, say, we're in there. And we've yes. got the invite and we're all part of the team and we're excited. What is our next step in terms of getting the most out of it? Do we need to have a clear strategy for this? I mean, I tend to push that with that messaging with general social media platform for our community anyway, because we're all so time poor. But is it is it important to go in there with an idea of this is what I'm going to get out of it or just go in and see what you see? I think it's important to go in with an open mind. I, you know, it's I've been on there for a month and only in the last couple of days of, and I've been very active, but only in the last couple of days have I sat back and come up with a strategy. You have to get used to the platform first and it's unusual. It's not like any other social media platform I've been on. Mm. So no, I think, you know, your first couple of weeks give yourself the freedom to just explore to learn and to see what other people are doing before you kind of work out some amazing strategy you know have a think about it first the first thing I would do on your day one is once you get in is have a really good think about your bio Mm. and so you have the opportunity to choose a picture you need to choose a picture picture that's your face not a company logo ideally on a very clear clean background and not white a color background because the white will blend into the background of the platform so you know a simple headshot that shows a lot of personality because it's all you've got to identify you all that people can see when you're in a room is your picture and your first name so make that picture really powerful and then work on your bio and you know your bio should be there to explain who you are what you do, who you do it for, and why you do it better than anybody else. It's your USP, your unique selling proposition, your elevator pitch. And people can only read the first 30 characters when they click on your picture, then they have to click again to read the full profile. Right. So make sure that little short snippet is really powerful. Yes, and we had a great opinion piece from Annette Dencham, um, who's part of the community the other day. She wrote about, you know, what was one of the points she made, is that it's really pushed the importance of writing your business bio. Yes. Um, which, you know, such a critical thing, isn't it? And is there anything else on that? It was making me think, is there anything else on the platform that that's really helping us to finesse in terms of our business skills like that? Yeah. So uh, Annette and I ran a room together the other day, actually. So yeah, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, this is it. We're all connecting. So look, there's, there's a few things, you know, you need to think about your handle. So you're at Kate Toon, you're at Lucy Kippist, you know, whether you're going to go with your business name or your personal name. There's lots of stuff. I mean, in your bio, you can talk about who you are. You can talk about the topics you like to talk about. So your subject matter expertise. You can link to your lead magnet, mention your awards. A little bit of personal information goes a long way. So, you know, you like dogs or you're obsessed with crumpets, whatever it may be. <laughs> you can also link your bio to your Instagram and your Twitter. Mm-hmm. At the moment, you can't link it through to Facebook and LinkedIn directly, but you can you can list your URLs, but no one can click on them. So really, it's like... It's a bit like a networking do. It's like if someone comes up to you and says, hey, Lucy, what do you do? You need to have that pretty down pat because as well, when you go into most rooms and you do want to speak, the most of the moderators will say, hi, Lucy, uh, would you like to introduce yourself and ask your question? So you've really got to be good at saying, well, hi, I'm Lucy. Uh, you know, I, I work for Flying Solo and I do blah, blah, blah. You've got to get that really kind of honed and speedy so you can get to your question. 
Um, so yes, I think it's it's a really good practice for getting used to talking about yourself. Yeah, absolutely, which is so important. And what's your gut feeling on that then in terms of, I suppose this is a hard question to answer, but in terms of what part of yourself you're spooking, like um, is your sense at the moment that the people that are on there now are talking, are, are in there as a representative of their business? Well, I'm, you know, I'm a huge advocate of personal branding, so I'm not a huge believer that you should separate your business from your personal self. Yeah. You yeah. are, your business especially as a solopreneur. So most people are leading with themselves. So, you know, their, their at, their handle is their own name. The photo is their name, not a logo. Their bio is written in the first person. They And most people kind of position it from a point of service. So it's like, you know, I help people to achieve X. That's where they come from. So when you're reading their bio, you're like, oh, okay. So by listening to this person, I might be able to achieve X as well. Yeah, I've got it slightly differently. I've, I've mentioned that I'm Australian Businesswoman of the Year because why wouldn't I? That's kind of cool. And it makes cool. it makes other people take notice because this is the other huge thing about Clubhouse, which I should have mentioned at the outset. There is a little Aussie community building up, but there is the most of the people on the platform are in the US or in Europe. So I have met and talked to more Americans in the last month than I have in my entire life, you know, and listening in their rooms and, and seeing how they do things is fascinating to see the way Americans market themselves, the confidence, and some of that rubs off, you know, and it just gives you access to this whole world. And I feel that Australia can be a little bit insular sometimes and Clubhouse takes that away. Like it, it, anybody can have a platform on Clubhouse. Anybody can start a room. Anybody can have a voice. And I think that's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. So let's move into then the idea of moderating and hosting rooms. Yeah. Um, can you, we just start by talking about how that actually works in terms of function, but also then I want you to talk a little bit about your advice for making the most of that because that's not, I imagine that that's for some people that's going to be fairly overwhelming. So in the little guide that you mentioned, my seven day guide, I've actually got a whole section on tips on feeling confident about speaking and how to feel more confident, how to stop you umming and erring, you know, how to introduce yourself to be succinct, but also to hold your space. So I think most people will start off joining other people's rooms sitting in the audience. You can't be heard while you're in the audience. So that's important to know. Then the next step is to put your hand up to speak and then get up on the stage. And, and that will be your first experience of kind of interacting with other people. After that, the next option is to be a moderator. So maybe you're not running the room, but you're helping someone else being in the room. You're someone else's Robin to their Batman. And how do you find those moderation opportunities? Well, you kind of maybe reach out to people who are on the platform who are already doing rooms and say, hey, look, I see you're doing rooms. I'd love to get some moderation experience. Could I moderate a room with you? And then you'll see how it works. As a moderator, you have the ability to bring people up onto the stage and to push them back again, to turn their mic on and off, to remove people from the room altogether, to close the room. Um, so, you know, often say, for example, I had Annette on as a moderator in one of my rooms. So I was kind of like the chat show host. I would manage the questions and then say, hey, Annette, what do you think of this particular thing? She would unmute herself and chat. And it's less intimidating than running a room yourself. There's that kind of strength in numbers. Yeah. So that's kind of the first thing with moderating. I can take you through some guides around that as well. Then the next step after that is to host your own room. And you, anybody could do that. You could start hosting a room today and just invite one of your friends. You can have private rooms, public rooms. 
you just come up with the name of a room and off you go. And you may find at first when you open a room to talk about, you know, your area, maybe you're an accountant and you want to give tax time tips. You open up the room, you sit there and no one joins and it can feel very awkward. But you just have to keep trying. You know, the first time I did a room, no one turned up. Now I run a room, 150 people turn up. So what was that room? I've done lots of different ones. I'm really experimenting with time. So I'm finding that 8 a.m. is a great time. I get lots Mm -hmm. of U.S. people, lots of U.K. people. 6 p.m., 7 p.m. is good for Australia. You get a lot of people cooking dinner and, and, you know, listening as they're doing, putting their kids to sleep or, you know. Um, So and I'm trying different ones between broad topics like, you know, how to be more productive and then really niche topics like how to run a Facebook community for profit. I'm actually finding the niche rooms run better because the benefit is clearer. There's a lot of rooms on Facebook where people just relentlessly get up on stage and introduce themselves. And it's just like listening to a room full of people introducing. There's no conversation. There's no topic. It's just a constant row of introductions, which is interesting sometimes, but not really, you know, it's not really what the was for. And that's kind of like the podcast effect, isn't it? I think as we've all fallen in love with podcasts, it's like we click on something and we're getting a result. Yeah. Like we're coming out with something. And I think that's, that's a powerful thing there. So obviously imagining that we're in that room and we've, whether we're a part of it or we're hosting it or whatever, there seems to be, uh, you've touched on it before in terms of holding your own yeah. and being able to articulate yourself well, but what other kind of etiquette sort of and manners and, and, and considerations do we need to keep in mind? I'm so glad you asked this. This is my favourite topic with Clubhouse, etiquette There's, and phrases and lexicon. It's got its own, own little language. This is all covered in my little guide, by the way. So you have hallways, which is where you can see all the different rooms. Like imagine you're walking through a college and you can see in that room, they're talking about philosophy. And in that room, they're talking about cannabis. Mm. So the whole hallways are where you can choose your room. Then you go into a room. That's where there is a host and moderator and speakers. Within the room, there is the stage. And that's where the moderators and speakers are. You can be brought up to the stage. There is the front row. That gives you a bit more visibility. Front row, you get into the front row if one of the speakers or moderators is following you. So that just kind of shows that engaging with other people is quite important because if they're following you, it's going to lift you up with them. As they run rooms, you'll have more profile. And then you have the audience. That's where everyone else is and they can just listen. In terms of etiquette, there's some language like people say if you want to raise your hands, then you come up to the stage, there's a little button and you get invited up. Often the moderator will reset the room. So they'll stop at about maybe 15 minutes in and just remind everyone why they're there, what the topic is, how they're running their room. Because people come and go from rooms. Like you can leave quietly and no one will notice you've gone. Like you don't, you know, you don't have to sit there awkwardly if you're not enjoying it, thinking, I can't leave because they'll see. It doesn't matter. That's fine. Um, and then there's different um in terms of moderating rooms, the guides I would give people are to not sell yourself, to not constantly be doing call to actions. If people want to find out about you, they will. The really pushy rooms just get annoying. You know you're being pitched to and it's not enjoyable. Um, if you ha- bringing people up on stage, they have to be muted when they join the stage because so, otherwise it's really annoying. You have to bring people up in order. So if someone famous comes into the room or, or a friend, don't jump over the five or six people who've been waiting to speak to talk to your buddy. Mm. Um, And I think it's really important as well to set an expectation. So in my rooms, I'll say, hey, you know, we're talking about this today. I'd love to have you come up and speak. When you come up, please mute your mic. And when you come to speak, please be succinct, introduce yourself, you know, get to the point. 
but also take your space and, and enjoy the mic. Here we want to respect everybody in the room and give everybody an opportunity to talk because the biggest problem on Clubhouse is people doing what I'm doing now, which is monologuing yeah. and not giving everybody the opportunity to jump in. It's meant to be a conversation, not a presentation. That's the difference between podcast and mm-hmm. webinar. You're meant to be having a chat. If you want to present something and not be interrupted, go and do a podcast. Clubhouse is about a chat. The best thing for me I found is the Q&A rooms where I start with a topic, but then I invite people up and I have an agenda of what I might talk about, but I'm not obsessed with it. Like if someone takes the conversation in a slightly different direction, I'm cool with that. Or if someone asks a question that I didn't think I was going to cover, I'll answer it. So have a topic, have some talking points, but most of the good stuff comes when you let people come up on stage and take the conversation over. Oh, I love that. And you know what, it's it's making me think that the moderation of that must be sort of tricky. It's super because <laughs> Yeah, it's- depending on the site, on the, like when you were saying before you had 150 people, which I don't doubt at all, but like, gosh, how do you... How do you know who to (laughs) invite and how to cut them off? That's such a hard thing to do in a normal conversation, in a standard conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think I've been doing podcasting for a long time. I've had a few boring guests. I won't say who they are. And you get used to kind of maybe when they're really monologuing, cutting in and saying, okay, cool. So I get it. So what you've said is this and trying to reframe or move it on. Also, you have to have some confidence. I've had a few people come into my room that were about one topic and just come in and start talking about something completely different. And I've had to kind of say, look, Josh, I'm going to stop you there. Um, I'd love to help you with that, but that's not the topic for the room today. So I'm just going to bring it back to the core topic just to serve everybody in the room. And that's awkward. You know, I had two blokes in my room come in and just start talking to each other and backslapping. And in the end, I just muted them both kick them off the stage because they weren't respecting me or the room so you have to have some I was going to say b-a-l-l-s but Mm. um you you know you can have your lady equivalent of that but yeah yeah you have to have some confidence because otherwise people come in and they will showboat they will take over your room there's trolls they've now got a new feature if you get trolled like someone comes in and just starts barking which happened in a room that I was in (laughs) uh literally going woof 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 and you can just long press on their picture and it will remove them from the room you can also report people for bad behavior so that it's really important to be aware that you don't know who is in the room so you have to be super inclusive you know you have to make sure that you 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 know obviously watch what you're talking about don't if, if someone in the room says something you don't someone in a room the other day said something that I thought sounded a bit racist and so I called them out on it because I'm like I'm not going to sit here and listen to that you know there's been a lot of talk about people being bullied in rooms especially women being kind of talked down to I think it's really important for us to stand up to that on the platform and call it out when we see it and make the platform as diverse and inclusive as possible so that's, that's a cha- it is a big challenge I'm probably putting people off you know these are rare occurrences they're not every day most of the rooms you go to will be lovely yeah and I think you know we've all been on social media long enough now yeah. to know what you know some of the terrible stuff that happens and it's nice to know that you know we've got a new one here and we can try and keep it clean essentially yes exactly it sounds fascinating so I'm just wondering what would be the next step then so we've listened to you and we're like yep we're on board obviously we're going to need to get an invite from someone is there anything else we need to know before we sail into the sunset well I think my final tip is to remember that Clubhouse is just an app and it's really what you do after the app that will make the difference Mm. so I mentioned getting all those opportunities I've had 
they haven't come to me passively. So if I've been, I was in a room with a guy that I, I really enjoyed listening to. I'd never heard of him before. He's called Kit Bennett. And I really enjoyed what he had to say. So afterwards I went to, his, to Instagram and I left a little voice message. Now he just heard my voice. So the connection was there. And just said, you know, hey, I love what you're doing. I see you have a podcast. Are you accepting pitches? And he was like, yeah, I'd love to have you on, blah, blah, blah. So twofold. One, you need to be confident enough to reach out to people that you've enjoyed interacting with. Two, you need to make it easy for people to take the next step with you. So for example, with me, you click on my Instagram, in my Instagram bio, you could then go through to a page where all my offerings are ready there. You know, if you want to join my Facebook group or you want to get my downloadable or you want to chat with me. So give people a next step, get your ducks somewhat in a row so that you do see the benefit. You know, because so I've been primarily using it to build up my brand and to build up my email list. And, you know, I've tested that out for the last three weeks and I've just launched one of my memberships and I sent out an email to everybody who is joined from Clubhouse and three people signed up to the membership. So that's not huge. Yeah, that's not huge, but it's a thousand dollars a year. So it's not cheap. But that then for me closes the loop and lets me see, yes, this is a good investment of my time. Now, that's quite quick. But imagine six months on when people really feel like they know, like, and trust me, they're going to be much more inclined to buy from me on my various platforms. So have your next steps ready and don't be afraid of reaching out to people that you meet on the platform. That's just such brilliant advice because I think, you know, I was asking you earlier, do we go in with a strategy? Well, that's obviously the strategy you go in with. Yeah. And I mean, it's sort of like going to a network, you know, the old school networking drinks and not bringing your business card and not having your, your stuff together and, you know, not following up on people that email you. So it's the same principle. It's just a different platform. It is. And it's so much better because, you know, a networking do, you always get stuck next to the boring tax accountant called Jeff by the mini keepers. But with Clubhouse, you can leave the room and leave Jeff there. Sorry to any Jeffs like that. (laughs) And you can reinvent yourself. The one thing I would say is once you've written your bio and you've chosen your picture, Try and leave it like that. Also, whatever picture you use on Clubhouse, make sure that that's the same picture on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So people don't have that disconnect. So I'm using a rather silly Wonder Woman picture and I'm using it everywhere now so that where everyone sees that, they know that it's me. So what you're saying, Kate, is the one with the good hair, use that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The good hair and just be consistent. And really it's like with everything we know, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. You have to use it with intention. So I'm doing a room every other day for one hour, and then I'm dropping into a few other people's rooms. When I first started, I was in there for hours every day. Now I'm being a lot more kind of intentional about it because I do still have a business to run. And while I love it and it's super addictive, I have my existing customers to serve and I need to be careful about balancing that out. So maybe limit yourself to an hour a day. And then, you know, if you go in and there's no, it's like Netflix. If you go in and there's nothing you really want to watch, don't find yourself running reruns of The Real Housewives and rotting your brain. Leave the platform. Go and do something else instead and come back later when there's something on that you want to watch. Or make the kind of content you want to listen to. So when I see there's no interesting rooms... I start my own room and talk about what I want to talk about. Fantastic. I think I could keep talking to you about this. It's fascinating. (laughs) I'm a bit obsessed. And I think it's a great, I think it's a great place to leave it too, because that's great advice. Kate, thank you so much for joining us today and convincing me and I'm sure (laughs) other people. And I would encourage everyone to go and check out your guide, which best place for that is your website. Yeah. So, um, 
you go to katetoon.com slash start hyphen here or yep. if you just google katetoon seven days on clubhouse guys okay awesome kate thank you so much and hopefully see you on clubhouse hear you i'll hear you on clubhouse soon. you'll hear me sorry yes <laughs> bye